Can you believe that it's already the end of 2024, or 2023? Let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? <laughs> it felt like this year went by pretty quick. Really did. I mean, for some of us, maybe not for all of us. The summer was a little long there for some of us, but uh, God is doing great things. I, I wonder if you have your Bibles with you. I'd love to start in the book, book of Luke. Chapter 15, <clears throat> if uh, you're new to the Bible, if this is new to you, if Christianity is new to you, uh, this is a parable that Jesus gave. He gave a couple of them about a lost coin and a lost sheep, and he gives this one about a lost son. And if you have your Bibles, Luke 15, it's, we're going to start in verse 11. Jesus told them this story, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Happy Father's Day, right? So this father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his, his money in wild living. Wild living. I like to think that was probably like Vegas or something, right? Got all his money, goes to Vegas. So he's there, <clears throat> verse 14. About that time, his money ran out, wouldn't you know it? And a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent uh, him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was, uh, he was feeding the pigs looked good to him but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a way, long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned both, um, against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And my favorite part is so the party began. When I was a kid, I don't know how many of you have received your favorite Christmas presents or, you know, I found this year, I love giving the presents to my kids, man. I love, I just love seeing them open things that they were looking for and the joy that came on their face. But as a young, as a young boy in the late 80s, my parents got me the very coveted Nintendo Entertainment System. Anybody? Nintendo Entertainment System? The original Okay, so if, you're, if, you're, if you weren't alive back then, this is the original. 
there are, there's an A button and a B button, right? It's not, like all the new ones have so many different buttons. I'm always confused of what I'm supposed to do. But I learned something at that time. I learned two things. Number one, that I'm terrible at video games. I also learned, number two, that there's something called a reset button. Let me show you. I got a picture of it. Here it is, the reset button. It was to the right of the power button. It was a button that I wore out as a kid. I wore it out because here's why. If anybody has played Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, here's how this would go. I'd be in the castle. Let's see it. I'd be in the castle. Yep, turn it up. Here we go. Right there. And what I would do in that moment is I would... I would hit that reset button. I would go over and hit reset as soon as possible because if I didn't, here's what would happen. And nobody wants to hear that 8-bit sound. I can tell you right now. That boom, boom, boom. It's the, it is like when you're on The Price is Right and you got the boom, 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 boom. It's the same thing. I don't want to hear it. Those contestants didn't want to hear it. So the first thing I would do is just reach over as fast as possible and hit that reset button. I didn't want to see game over anymore. I didn't want to. I wanted a reset. And, and actually, that's what re means in 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 English, is a going back to. So I wanted to reset. Some of you had a great year this year. You had babies being born. Maybe you got some promotions or new friendships and great wins. But I know that some of us, maybe you're here this morning and you've made some poor financial decisions, maybe some selfish choices in your life, some poor attitudes, some broken relationships, maybe even moral failures, and you're wishing, man... I wish I had a reset button. So that's my message for you today. It's called Reset. I want to encourage you this morning that there is a reset button in your life. That God has specifically designed it so that you can have a reset and it won't be game over. Many of you know this story that we have read so well. And there are so many things. We could probably spend six months on just this alone. There are so many nuggets, and I'm only going to hit on some of them this morning, but the thing I feel that the Lord is calling me to talk to you and myself this morning is this idea of a reset. And that brings up my first point that's here on the screen, if you're writing notes, is a reset is possible. A reset is possible. God is the ultimate God of reset, And another word for that would be restoration. See, for us in our world, when you have, if you have a pair of jeans that you rip the crotch out of, you discard them and throw them away. If you have a phone that plays hide and seek with the pavement, you take that and you replace it. You get rid of it. You discard it. That's how how we operate. But God's way. God's way is far different than our human habits. While we discard and replace things, God specializes in the art of resetting. He specializes in the the art of restoring. See, the enemy of our souls has convinced us of the lie that when you screw up and you've messed up in your life, then there's no reset. It's a game over screen. The enemy of your souls, listen, this is what Satan tells us and wants us to believe. 
You would say now, sometimes you're like, no, I know nothing could separate me from the love of God. But there are times in our life where the enemy comes and sneaks in and says, he can't forgive you for that. There's no coming back from this. And if you're hearing those words, I'm telling you it's a lie. If the enemy has told you you screwed up in your marriage and you're done, I'm telling you it's not over. If you're thinking I made a huge mistake and God is done with me and there's or how about this? There's no coming back from this. I'm here to tell you a reset is possible. God is the God of resets and he wants to just like that word re, he wants to bring you back. Think about this prodigal son. It's not like something that happened to him that wasn't fair. (laughs) It wasn't like this was somebody else's decisions in his life that led him to this pig pen. This was something that he did, and can can we all admit it was stupid? It was stupid. It was immature. It was selfish. It was terrible. But as we read... Here, we read about it in verse 13. He wasted all of his money on wild living. Living la vida loca. He was doing it. And then later, the older brother in the story that I didn't read, he gives us a little bit more context. He says in verse 30, Yet when the son of yours comes back, he's talking to his father, squandering your money on prostitutes. We have kids' church happening right now downstairs. I encourage you to come to it, but this is where he's spending his money. This is his problem that he has created, and it was incredibly stupid. Now, if he was a ripped pair of jeans or a broken cell phone, we would have thrown him out. We would have said, be gone. You've screwed up. You ain't welcome back here. But God is different. He's the master craftsman of the soul, and his specialty is a reset. His specialty is restoration. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul told the church in Galatia. He told them this. This is what he said in Galatians 6.1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Restore them gently. Now, why is Paul telling him this? Because they weren't restoring people and they weren't being gentle. Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that's all of us. That's our human nature. It's the cancel culture that we have created in our society where when something is broken, you discard it. You get rid of it. It's game over. But God is saying, I want to hit that reset button. This my ways are higher than your ways. My ways are better than your ways. Paul's telling him this, and we're seeing it clear in this story. Listen what the father says in, in verse 20 of our original passage. So he, this is what Jesus said the father does in, Luke, uh, in verse 20. So he returned home to his father, and while he was a still a long way off, I love that picture, just think of that. He's still a long way off. His father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed and kissed him. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you this. I don't know if, you, if you've ever heard this before, but this is the only time in Scripture that we see God is in a hurry. It's the only time we see God depicted as being in a hurry. 
And it's when? It's when he sees his lost son coming home. God is more excited for a reset than you are. God is more excited for you to be restored than you are. He didn't just sit there and beat him over the head. He ran to him in a hurry. Can I tell you today, God is ready for a reset because reset is possible in your life and he's so excited to see it happen. Somebody needs to be filled with that. Come on, let that sober you this morning. Let that point in scripture really come out and realize that he's running to you before you're running to him. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's exactly the heart of God is a restoration God, not a cancel God. Not the way we would do things or even in, you know, the Amish community struggles with this. What did they do? They shun them. You're kicked out. It's human nature. It was the same 2,000 years ago as it is today. But God's nature has never changed and he will always be a reset God. It shows us the heart of God. It shows us that no matter where you are in that game, if you're coming up to that reset screen, you can hit reset with him. The enemy may say that it's impossible. The enemy may say that broken means it's beyond repair. But God says, listen, let me take up the pieces. Let me take up this, the pieces and craft you back together the way that I intended. That's the ultimate reset. And a reset is possible. If you're taking notes again, write this down. Because I believe this is one of the first steps in order to do a reset. And it's this, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. The prodigal son had found himself in a bad situation by his own demise, his own decisions of what he decided to do. He was homeless. He was feeding pigs. And he found himself in this mess because of what he did. It reminds me of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Anybody ever watch Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> we got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. It's like everything's terrible in this moment. He finds himself in this thing, and what happens? Luke 15, verses 17, and verse 17, it says, When he finally came to his senses. I read that. I'm like, what does that mean? What, what, what are some, like, I looked at theologians. What, what, what does that mean when he finally came to his senses? And they said, one basically said, when he stopped acting like a moron. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. What is he doing here? He's remembering his father. In this moment of his life, he's remembering his father. He's thinking about, yes, he blew some things, he screwed some things up, but I want you to notice that this is the turning point in this young man's life. If when he started to remember his father. When he started going back and thinking of what his father was, thinking of his home, thinking of his character. In my preparation, I read from another theologian. This will show you how old this is. This theologian wrote this. The thought of home and the father revived the poor wretch. The thought of home and the father revived the poor wretch, the kid who'd found himself in this. We're all wretch. 
We're all wretches. We've all screwed up. We've all been in these moments. But what got him to be revived is when he thought about his father's goodness. When he thought about that. I I know we've had some nostalgia today with Nintendo. I'd like to keep that going. How many of you guys remember Blockbuster? How many of you been in a Blockbuster? Just out of, okay, so about a quarter of the room, and the reason being that is they went bankrupt. So I understand anybody that was born after the year 2000, you're probably, you probably heard of it, maybe you watched a, a documentary on it. Anybody who's a teenager, let me tell you this, it was when, when it came into arcade, right? Whoa, we've made it to the big time. We got a Tops and a Blockbuster. A blockbuster was simply, if you don't know, it was like if you go to a red box, you know, in the, in, the, in the lobby of Tops and you pick out a movie, this was a whole store for that. And back then they had these things called VHS tapes. I know, you might have to Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. VHS tapes had a tape in it. It wasn't DVD. It wasn't digital. It couldn't download. It couldn't stream it. There was no streaming. There was barely any, any internet, for the love of God, right? There was nothing. But we had these tapes, and when you went into Blockbuster and you would get a tape, there would always be this sticker on it. Please remember to, remi- to rewind. Does anybody remember that? Please remember to rewind. Another one you would see is, please be kind, please rewind. You would see these on all of these things over and over again because this is what would happen. You can get off that. That's fine. You can move to the next one. Here's what would happen. If, if somebody would take a tape and watch it through to the end of the movie and stop it, and put it in the box and return it, the next person would be stuck watching the credits. The next person would be stuck there. Or if you forgot to, you know, they used to even make these little cars. They try to make it fun. They're like, here's a Corvette that you could stick your VHS into, and then maybe, maybe then you'll want to rewind these things. Nobody did. Nobody wanted to rewind them. They had fees for not rewinding. Listen, the reason why they had fees is they didn't want to rewind it themselves. But I believe that the Lord is telling us spiritually today, please rewind. Please remember to rewind. Please go back in your mind and think about how good I am. That's what I think God's telling us. What is he doing? He's thinking back of his dad's character, that he's so good to even the lowest of the lows. He's so good to the servants. Man, I got, they got it better than me, and I know my dad's character is loving and gracious. He just underestimated how good God's character is. But it was the rewinding and remembering of what he did. I want to say, when I say remember, what I'm saying is, is we're dwelling on his goodness, We're dwelling on his faithfulness. We're dwelling, we are focusing on what he did. Because a lot of times we want to rewind just to look back at how stupid we are. You notice that's not what he does. He doesn't sit there and say, oh, I'm a terrible person. I stink. I can't believe I did this. It's game over. My life's over. No. He starts thinking back of his father. Not his own shortcomings, not all the things that he had done. Now, that was a part of it, but it wasn't the turning point in his life. It was when he remembered the Lord. 
It's almost impossible not to think back on what you've done because that's part of it, right? But his, he was dwelling, he was focusing on him. I was talking to Pastor Jeff, and I got a quote for you. This is from Pastor Jeff this week. God doesn't want us to get stuck looking back on our stuff. He wants us looking back to him. We want to dwell on him. We want to focus on him. Because this son is remembering how good God is. He's thinking of the character of his father. He's thinking how great he was to his servants. And it, then he also realized that he had screwed up. But the thing that he is focused on and dwelling on is God's mercy. I want you to do that this morning. We're going to have communion here. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Some of us just need to go and think about how great he is. And how wonderful he is. Don't focus on just yourself at that point. Think about how good he is. His power, his love, his faithfulness. If the only thing the son was remembering was his failures, he would have never returned. If that's all he was remembering was his failures. And I think that's why a lot of times we don't have a reset in our lives. Because we're not thinking back on how good he is. Please be kind. Please rewind. And finally, I want to say this. I'm going to spend some time on this. If you want this final reset in your life, return with repentance. I think that's spelled wrong. It is. Return with repentance. It's A-N-C-E. There you go. I repent before you for putting that in wrong but I caught it, praise the Lord. Come on. <laughs> Luke 15, 20 through 21, when we read this, says, so when he had returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. He returned with repentance, not just returned. See, when I was a young whippersnapper, when I was like a little booger, my father, my mother, and I, I believe it was my dad and I, we got in a big fight. Uh, I was probably 11 or 12 years old, and we got in one of those fights. I can't even tell you what it was about. But it was one of those things where a father always says, if you want to live under my house, you're going to have to live under my rules. So you know what I said? Well, fine. I don't need you anyway. I'm out of here. And my dad said, just like, just like with the prodigal son, okay, see ya, you know? So I go up, scurry upstairs, and I grab my Jansport backpack, and I open it up just to get the essentials. Just to get the essentials. Now, first on that is, what do I need? I need food. I mean, we need nourishment. So I go and grab the Twinkies that we have, some Oreos that we got, shove those in the bag, and I'm just getting the essentials, you know, because I'm gone. I'm out of here. I don't need my dad anymore. You know, we get in this big fight. I don't want to live under his rules anyway. So I got to be sure I'm prepared. So I need clothes. And clothes on me is good. Underwear is probably fine because you can change that four times and you're good. You know, flip them around. That's one time. Flip them inside out. You got two more. That's four. That's four wears. So we're, we're good. 
we're good there, but I need entertainment. So I had to make sure I got my Game Boy. Had to have the Game Boy and bring in some extra batteries. Then I had to bring my Walkman. And sure enough, I filled up that Jansport backpack and I put it on my back similar to like the kid with a stick with the handkerchief at the end. And I'm like, see you later, I'm out, I'm gone. And they're like, bye. <laughs> like, so I made the long journey to, to, to the backyard where I'm in the woods enough where I can see them, but I don't think they can see me. And I set up camp, right? I set up camp and I start, you know, I got a little tarp and I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I can do this on my own. I'm just like the prodigal son. I have left home and I'm doing this. I'll prove them wrong. And then after about an hour, when the Twinkies were gone <laughs> and the nourishment was gone, I'm like, I need to eat soon. So you know, what do I do? It's getting cold. I didn't, I didn't prepare for this. It's, I can't even last an hour in the woods. I was like, for those of you who've watched uh, the, the Office, any Office fans, where, where uh, Steve Carell, his character, uh, Michael Scott goes into the woods and says, I can do survival man on my own. And he ends up cutting his, his pants into like a hat. And then he finds out that he needs his pants because he's so cold. Like that's me as 11 year old boy. I have no idea what I'm doing. So what I did was I returned, but I didn't return with repentance. And unlike the prodigal son, my dad was not running to me. <laughs> I don't even think they knew I returned right away. But after some time, my dad came to my door and I got the, got the knock. He said, son, we got to talk. Because I had returned, but I wasn't repentant. I, a lot of times we can return to God, but not be repentant. But that's not a reset. A lot of times you can see this. We can run away like me as a young boy. You know, it's almost like a spouse who's been unfaithful. They leave the home, but then they come back to the family and act like everything's fine. They returned, but without repentance. I feel like God is saying that too many Christians have gone astray and simply returned without being repentant. I'm here. I'm back in church. I'm in my small groups. I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. But God's not looking for a heart that just returns. He's looking for a heart that has repentance and returns. Without repentance, there's no restoration. There's no reset. And sin is basically, it's a, th these words, repent and sin, are not very popular in my millennial age group, right? <laughs> People don't like, like repenting. They don't like, they don't like the word sin. But sin is very simple. It's an archery term that means missing the mark. It's almost like the video game when I'm coming over and I die on a certain spot, I failed. I didn't do the right thing, right? But if I was just to go back without, I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to do it over and over and over and over. Without repentance, even in a video game, without the acknowledgement that you had done something wrong and that you should change it, without that, you're going over the same thing over and over and over again. 
I can remember when I was a kid, my father told me I was, at, I was working at Tops, at store 238 over there at Tops. And I was a cashier, and I was having issues with one of my bo- bosses. I won't say her name in case you know her. But it was, it was a very, it, she was very rough, let's just say that. It was a, she was a tough lady. And I would go home, and I would tell my dad, and he said, listen, if you don't learn how to work with that person, you're going to have that person come over and over and over again in your life. It might not be that lady there. It'll be a new lady or a new guy or a new person somewhere else until you learn how to deal with it. The same is with our sin. If we're not repentant and wanting to learn from our mistakes, then we're just repeating them over and over and over again. Repentance is a turning away from your sin. It's a turning away from, and we must be repentant. We must be thinking and repentant with this. As we read in the story, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to have a time of resetting this morning, of remembering him. But I know for a lot of us in this room, I know for me as well, is that we get into this place of our lives where we know there should be a reset, but we're just not hitting the button. And some of you are here today because you're, you're just like this prodigal son. You, maybe you've made some decisions that, man, you wish that you didn't. I get it. But it's time to do a reset, to remember and return with repentance. It's time for some of us to, for some of you, you've, maybe you are the, you are the, you've never been in the house of the Lord. You've never said yes to Jesus. This morning, I just want you to know that that there is repentance for you, or there is restoration for you. Sorry. You can go ahead and start playing. <laughs> I, got a, I got a guitar over on my side here. I, I'm not good at multitasking. So what I feel like the Lord is saying today is, for some of you, listen, the time is now for a reset. Time is now. At the end of 2023, moving into 2024, let's reset. Let's hit that button. For some of you who have never said yes to Jesus, this is the time to say, to return to him, to come to him, your first love, to go to him and say, God, I have sinned against heaven and you. And you know what? Whatever you think about him, his graciousness, his faithfulness, his goodness, multiply it. Because it's better than you know, just like it's better than that son knew. But there's also in this, this feast that happens. You know, unlike me, my father wasn't ready to welcome me with a feast right? He wasn't welcoming me with a hug and a kiss, but your heavenly father is welcoming you and running to you with a feast and and clothes and rings and sandals because whatever you think of God, he just, he can top it. He can always top it. But with this feast, there's a portion I didn't read because there's another son in this story. And this son, I I want to read this to you. There's the son who screwed up, but there was a son who never left. I want you, I want to hear this. Just close your eyes and listen to this. Meanwhile, the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. And when he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother's back, he was told, and your father has killed the
after squandering your money on prostitutes and you celebrate by killing the fat calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have only stayed by me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. I want you to realize that this, this older son in the home. He never left, but he needed to do some remembering, some returning, and some repenting. He needed to do some repenting, just like the other son. And for some of you, maybe you're here today, and you're like, you know, I, uh, I've never left. I haven't gone off and done these stupid things. I haven't done all these things, but you're in the home, but your heart is far from it.
Lord, for those that are here also and they feel like, man, I never really did anything wrong, but they have a heart issue, God, I pray that you would make that, reveal that to them. Maybe you're here today and you've had some, you've had some issues of repenting, you've returned, but you haven't repented. It's like when you're mad at a friend, but they don't even know it. Like I said earlier, he is more excited about your reset than you are. Lord, I pray because you said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, you said that. You said that this bread and this wine, that they are symbols of what you did for us. So, Lord, we're remembering you on the last day of this year. Because, Lord, we want to remember you every day.